0: To the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. how's it going everybody welcome to episode 81 of the easy peasy podcast you know i'm actually i'm trying to figure is it 81 or 82 i'm losing count y'all well in any event i felt the need to put out you know i think this will be a short one um but sort of a a clarification episode if you will you know i've been putting out some gnarly content lately you know i know it's it's some big stuff it's it's a lot to digest and i just want to clarify you know i should say that part of the style of this show is to ask questions and just let people speak, right? Let them speak freely at that. And I've gotten some feedback lately from various people, and it's it's partly because I shared some clips on Instagram, and some of the folks that I imagine don't necessarily listen to the show, but but follow my Instagram, you know, came back at with me, you know, with a little bit of a little bit of negativity about this uh, one particular moment of this one particular podcast. Again, from a clip that I shared. And it was when our friend Jonah from Guns, Gardens, Goons, and Goofs, when he said, get at me or come at me or something like that, N I G G A, right? You know, I feel like kind of a pussy for not just saying it out loud, but I'm trying to be, trying to be, um, you know, respectful of the fact that it is a sensitive word. But the fact is, he said it in the moment because, frankly, we were partying, we were having fun, we were joking around, and he didn't mean anything that you think he might have meant you know, there was nothing hateful, he was talking to me, you know, he was calling me his nigga, there it is, big whoop, right, big fucking whoop, but, you know, I just wanted to address it, because some people took it really, really badly, like he was saying something he wasn't, you know, and I assume if you're listening to this show, uh, maybe you have listened to those episodes, maybe you haven't, but if you were to listen to them again, you would know he is not a racist. You know, I don't even feel the need to defend him. You know, I guess I kind of do. Here I am doing it, but I just want to address it and say that we are not apologizing and we are not going to go back and bleep it out. We're not gonna, we're not gonna change a goddamn thing because the intent was never to be hateful to anyone. You know, what we're doing here is honest. It's raw. It's more or less uncut barring a few selective edits to protect privacy. You know, I'm really giving it giving it to you just the whole conversation. So you'll have to uh, give a little leeway you know if that kind of thing offends you just understand that context and intent are what matter. And even if you're listening to this show, say and you hear something that you just do not agree with from one of my guests, you might think to yourself you know why isn't Mike Pushing back on this guy. You know, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. You know, when it comes to the conspiracy stuff. Let's say, you know, this is what I want. This is the the only other thing I really felt the need to clarify is. Um, you know, some of these episodes may get a bit conspiratorial. Depending on, you know, the guest and what they want to say. And I don't believe it's my place to necessarily doubt or question them in that moment but trust me when I say that I actually I really do feel the need to get to the bottom of things with some of this stuff you know what I'm what I'm getting at here is the cows right so I just dropped that episode on well maybe it was just yesterday or the day before but with Andy and uh, Makoa Makoa I believe is his name where we discussed the uh, the dead cows out in Kansas and, you know, some theories were thrown about. But when I went back through and I was listening to it, I, I realized that the way we were speaking was as if what we were saying was the truth. You know, what we were saying is this could be the truth. You know, it's kind of understood with these kinds of folks that we can throw about theories and we can speak in a certain way without everybody assuming that we know for certain, right? That's the nature of conspiracies. Nobody knows for certain, but they're they're all just theories, right? It goes without saying that they're all just theories. But with this cow thing because I had been digging and digging and you know there's just like not a whole lot of satisfactory information you know they're trying to blame it on climate change and i just had a very hard time accepting that climate was the key factor right and so i did after after that discussion and after we kind of threw about a few theories about you know why these cows got killed you know i i decided to do a little more digging and actually you know my good friend Jared the Permi Guy sent me something, and it was really helpful. So I'm going to play you a clip from a show called Citadel Dispatch. Now, I sure hope these guys wouldn't mind me using, you know, a handful of minutes from their show. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't particularly believe in intellectual property rights. If anybody wants to take clips out of my show, I just think that would be the tits, you know? Go for it as long as you don't claim to be me right but i will say that just for the sake of addressing the issue of ip anytime i take clips from anything i i try to uh let's just say not worry about it you know i don't use a lot of copyrighted material so i'm not that concerned but once again just trying to clarify sort of my mo guys like how i do my interviews how i build this podcast what i am concerned about and what i'm not you know i am concerned about the truth so i wanted to get to the bottom of this cow thing i figured the truth must be somewhere and i believe this is it so here you go citadel dispatch um
1: cool so one of the big things we wanted to talk about was these cattle deaths that uh have been circulating on the internet yeah um kind of look like mass graves of of <laughs> of cows uh mm-hmm. what's the deal with that is there
0: well uh, what's it, the story
2: well of course you know we're going to get all the conspiracies we're going to get you know that these cattle and well i've seen that you know they were killed from some space technology um <laughs> You know, space it, lasers, space lasers. Is that what it was? Okay. I, I haven't really paid attention. Somebody brought that up and I keep on getting a lot of, you know, DMs and everything, you know, and people are kind of freaked out about it. But what I want to do and what we've done within the beef initiative, I mean, we have direct contact with ranchers all across the United States. Um, and let's lose the conspiracy theories. Let's get back to pragmatic approach to what's going on in our beef industry. And that's the best way to start. Um, these cattle are fat cattle. That's what cattle are called before they go to harvest. These cattle were basically one step away from getting harvested, going into the kill barns. Um, the, the images that were shown um, in the video shown, they're all stacked up nice and neat. And everybody thinks that it, all of a sudden all these cattle just drop dead and that's just once again a manipulation of information of content you see it all the time and what it is really is a distraction for starting off it's it's sad when this happens into any type of food industry in which feeds our nation and feeds the world but one thing that people need to understand is this happens in because of elements. This happens because of the protocol that we're using right now to grow fat cattle to where they can be basically sold on a market through a feedlot system. That feedlot system is basically right now controlled by chemical companies and by four major processing companies that are global processing companies. They're not basically based in the United States. Three of the major processing companies in that that harvest 85%, about 80, 85% of our animal protein in the United States controls all of these feedlots. By saying that, what had happened during this time in Kansas, uh, before that heat wave that hit the Midwest, it was around 70, 72 degrees. When you have fat cattle, what that means that are getting a mixed ration of feed, It's a mixed reaction. Some call them hot feeds, cold feeds. Well, these feeds are are basically designed to fatten up cattle so they can get the most money that they can. Who's making that money? The processing centers, not the ranchers. The ranchers are basically out of the picture at that point in time. These processing centers are the, the bottleneck to good nutrition, to healthy cows, and to healthy meat in the United States. This had nothing to do with any nefarious thing on the ranchers part or basically through the government this was not a coordinated attack these uh, these cattle that died there was ten thousand of them and what it was is about 20 million dollars in losses that's insane it is and if you look at the the capacity of of that those numbers you can kind of tell that you know factory farming is an issue in the united states why is it an issue Well, because the processing centers and the packers, which are basically the same thing, have been manipulating and destroying uh, the American rancher the last, of course, decade, but even beyond that. So let's go through what happened that day. It was 72 degrees. Um, When you have that many fat cattle, they need shade. They need water. Well, with that type of temperature change these like i said these cattle are one step away from death anyways right so they're barely making it and whenever you get cattle together cattle have to cool off overnight usually that's what they do and then they'll they'll get heated back up well they never had a chance to cool off from the day before so for over 36 48 hours it was over 106 degrees and so whenever you get cattle that are basically pinned up and going into harvest you know, they're rubbing bellies. They're 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 so close to each other that they're just overheating. Right. When a cow that is a, a fat cattle, they're close to metabolical failure already, right? Just like an obese person would be. And I look at these cattle as a reflection of our society as a whole right now, as far as our health. These cattle basically, if they're not being farmed, harvested, and um and basically put on the market as American beef in, in the way that they are having to do right now in the United States, none of this ever happens. That's out of the control of the rancher right now. You know why that's out of control of the rancher? Because of the processing plants? Because of our consumer demand. Right. We, it comes down to our consumer demand being changed in a way that we're not propping up these processing centers because all they're doing is manipulating a system that is corrupt. Um, Tucker Carlson had a interview with one of the ranchers that was involved with this. And it was about a 15 minute interview. And what that rancher was really trying to say, and that I don't think people are understanding, is that they're being driven out of business. Our cattle industry in the United States is slowly being chipped away at in a way that the consumer does not understand. They do not do not understand this because of complacency and convenience. And so our consumer demand has to change as citizens of the United States. We need to demand better. We don't need to be looking at these ranchers and say the ranchers have done anything wrong. They're doing exactly what they know how to do under the basically the apparatus that has been designed by the chemical companies and the processing centers.
1: They're playing the game that's that's presented to them. They have to, yeah. and
2: they, they have to basically play in a technology use agreement. They have to sign contracts. They have to uh, cater to the USDA insurance policy. You know, I've, I've always been, at, the last couple of years, I ask a lot of people, I said, where do you think the value of the cow is? This is a good example. Those 10,000 cattle that died, the value of those cow now turned into the USDA insurance policy. Right. Those ranchers are going to get paid, you know, because of the So they the get, loss.
1: do they get the full 20 mil or
2: Well, they won't get the full amount. No, most of most of that this will go deeper as time passes, but a lot of that will probably be given to the processing centers, not to the ranchers themselves. Let's say like JBS. This last year was fined 56 million dollars for price manipulation during COVID. Well, what the government, you know, and the current administration did not point out is that fifty six million dollars is a small little slap in the face to JBS, but JBS ended up making over five hundred million dollars worth of profit during COVID because of that same type of price manipulation. So what what is what is the intention of the processing centers? It's to get a big fat cow that's almost metabolically dead right before they do harvest that cow.
1: So I mean, let's just just to pull it back for a second. So, sure. So you have ten thousand ten ten thousand cows die. Mm-hmm. Um, roughly twenty million dollars worth of value. Yes. Uh, the pictures we see aren't where they died. They no. they get. They get put in place, basically, they're insurance photos, right? Yeah, they're insurance photos. Um, so when you see those pictures of all the, all the cows with their feet up, like all next to each other, it looks like a mass grave. right? Um, that's an insurance photo for pretty the mean, USDA. Pretty and mean. then, so then the farmer, the ranchers is submitting those photos. And I assume there's some kind of inspection or something mm-hmm. so that there's no, there's no foul play involved or something like that. They submit that to the USDA. Mm-hmm. And then the USDA is doing a payout, an insurance payout, but the majority is going to the processing center. We don't know the numbers on
2: that, but yeah, it'll be a collective type of payout to where who you know the percentages involved. Depends on the stage of you know the harvesting and everything. That gets pretty in depth as far as who actually ends up getting that money. But if you look at history, the uh that the 56 million that jbs was uh fine none of that went to the ranchers right and so you know but that's different that was a
1: fine that's right. not the insurance payout
2: but you can kind of probably merit the same thing as an insurance payout you know the ranchers are probably going to be breaking even on that cow
1: so like what's your what what's, what would your gut say on that that payout like what does that look like is it like a 50 50 is it 60 40
2: and I would 20. I would have to say that the rancher gets to to maintain his ranch for the next year. So he's getting just like costs. Yeah. Or whatever. You get break you get, even. Yeah, you get to go that twelve month cycle that we play in the fiat world, right? That's all this is anymore. That's all ranching is anymore. The ranchers are poor these days. They've lost over two hundred million dollars out of the, the industry itself in the last decade. And that's what the rancher was trying to say on Tucker Carlson saying we're losing a major percentage of American ranchers. We're losing our heritage. We're losing access to be able to provide you, the consumer, basically cattle that's not metabolically already dead before they go into harvest. That's the big message here that nobody's understanding. They're thinking that these cows got killed by lasers. No, it's because of the system and the apparatus. Well, it's, that it's, way,
1: more, it's, it's way more catchy. To... Well, of course it is. We, like live, we live in that clown world. Satellite you know? cattle kill, you know? It's, it is. It's just, that sounds like a horrible movie that a lot of people would watch. Well, in, in these days and times, that's that's what people want.
2: You know, they enjoy the fear porn. They enjoy right. everything. You know, they like to parrot the daily news. And so that cycle, it, it takes maybe taking a step back
1: and looking at basically the industry that's actually feeding us. Right. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because so I mean, dispatch. This show is primarily focused on Bitcoin and Freedom Tech. It's mostly a tech show, right? Um, I think all everything is all very interconnected. I mean, obviously, uh, when I first conceived of the show, the idea was you know, a broadcast from from my citadel to your citadel or whatever. So it, it could really, I, I I like to think that this this uh, this format is is broader than just tech. Um, because all of this is relevant, obviously we need to feed ourselves. This is all sovereign. It's all part of the sovereign stack, right? Um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned consumer demand basically being the source of all of this, like the everything else is a symptom of what consumers are going out and basically voting with their wallet. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned this thing, convenience, it comes down to convenience. Um, And that's what we see when all the tech conversations we have about privacy, about sovereignty, it's always a convenience versus sovereignty trade-off. It's always a convenience versus privacy trade-off. And it's the same exact case here, right? It is,
2: it really is. And I think a lot of it, once again, I always say that there's no judgment going on here. You know, we're we're all guilty, right? right? we're all complacent in certain aspects of our life and we do search for that convenience. It's what we've all been conditioned to do And we're thinking, hey, we're, we're advancing our society because of this convenience model that we've created. Well, it's starting to show some cracks in that yearning for that convenience and that complacency. And if people need to start, you know, this is a tech show. Well, the tech that we're, we're looking at within the Bitcoin space it touches every aspect of our life. And if we're not starting to look at the, the correlation of tech in our food right now with how we can improve and how we can actually change our perception of uh, the value of that convenience that causes this complacency, then it takes us a step back. We get into more of a low time preference thinking when it comes to our consumption, our consumption of food, our consumption of audio, video we are able to basically understand why we desire what we desire and within bitcoin tech within the food industry itself within animal protein if we can start really correlating those and how valuable they are that symbiotic nature of bitcoin and food then we're going to understand that we've gone a little too far down this uh, complacency model and the convenience model
0: right Alright y'all, so I figured I couldn't really say it any better than those guys, you know And it kind of isn't that far off of what we were kind of hypothesizing On that on that last episode Basically that these cows were killed by the system Not by the ranchers Right, and not by space aliens, and not by, you know, poison in the in the water, but simply by the convoluted nature of the food system. Part of that is uh, the regulations, you know, around packaging, around transportation, around how the sale is made. Part of it is you know, corporate greed. But but both of those go back to, like they said, the consumer's desire for convenience and low cost. So what do we do, right? Well, as I've always advocated, support your local farmer or rancher. You know, it's not that hard you know, depending on where you live, I bet you there are there are at least two farmers markets a week. Traditionally, it's Saturday morning or Wednesday evening. You know, there might be five, six, seven farmers markets in your area. You just have to make a point to look up when to go. So you know, I was just driving home the other night and I didn't even know about this one. Little farmer's market in one neighborhood of the city I live in. And I stopped and I bought a couple of bratwursts and a pack of bacon and some ground beef. Took three minutes, you know. And I shook the hand of the motherfucker that raised the animal. At the end of the deal, right? And guess what? They accept Bitcoin a lot of these farmers do cuz they're pretty fucking switched on man so i tell you all this just to just to tell you that i want you to trust that i'm always going to search out the truth and to be honest if i if i ever have any anything on this show any comment made by me or a guest that you sit there and you think ah I don't think that's quite right you know send me a message you can always contact me through my website easypeasygardens.com and on that note I will I will also ask you know for a little bit a little bit of action on your on your behalf you know I I finally started accepting donations I've mentioned this a few times but you know I'd like it if if people who make a regular point of listening to this show and who feel they get something from it you know make a regular point to donate if I'm not mistaken there's a monthly option on the PayPal or you can just do it sort of as it as the spirit moves you right? <laughs> As I, uh, as I know they say in church. So, if the Spirit moves you to donate to this show, please do. You know, don't hesitate. Every dollar counts. You know, I'm, I'm doing all right over here, but I could, I could stand to build more. You know, I, I'd like to think that every donation is contributing to something. Well beyond me. This is not about me. This is about easy peasy. This is about building a, a community, a business, and eventually a platform that I believe could reshape suburban America. But I won't go into that now. You know, I've talked about it plenty, and I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about it plenty more. So I'll ask you to keep listening and keep donating. And you can do that at easypeasygardens.com. All right, y'all. I will talk to you soon.